Your afternoon of sports pleasure is beginning. It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Whites. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas, along with Cameron Stewart. Cowboy fans, yesterday <laughs> afternoon, I was with a a groan collectively heard across the nation. As Mike McCarthy will be back for his fifth season as the Dallas Cowboys head coach, according to owner general manager Jerry Jones. After he finished the exit interviews with players, and That's McCarthy says, I believe this team is very close <laughs> and capable of achieving our ultimate goals. Sure. Are we tired of hearing this yet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did yeah. the entire fan base of the Dallas Cowboys go? I mean, how much of the fan base went? I'm done. I'm absolutely done. I know that that's a hard, hard line to toe. But first, knee-jerk reaction. Had to be a lot of that out there. Had to be. It's the worst. This, is, this might sound dramatic, but it's the worst position in sports as a fan where the fans and the ownership are so far off, not on the same page, right? Like, you can call for a coach to get fired. You can call for a quarterback to get cut. There's nothing you can do about the owner being the owner. And, like, you see it in baseball with, like, the A's, with them trying to keep the team in town, uh, the fans trying to keep the team in Oakland. And this is obviously a different situation, but the same, in that you're just mad at the owner and there's nothing you could do about it. What is it with the teams, the football teams we cover at this station, keeping their head coach when all the fans want him gone? Huh? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it, it just, it does not surprise me that he's running it back with Mike McCarthy. It doesn't surprise me. Just because of who Jerry does, is? Yes. Okay. Does it disappoint me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely it does. Because of the fact of who's available. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. this is a opportunity missed, I think, because who's available? But they don't want to go work there. Who, apparently well, so. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's because, probably it. I mean, is exactly. there going to be a better group of head coaches available next year when Mike McCarthy goes and wins 12 regular season games and gets bounced in the wild card again? <laughs> nope. This ain't, this ain't college. College, you can get that every year because there's such a power dynamic, right? You can pull the guy who's winning at Tulane or Coastal Carolina or Liberty or any of those. You don't have that in the NFL. That's what makes this a rare year in terms of head coaching vacancies because there are some studs out there. No one's talking about where's Arthur Smith going to go. They're talking about where Mike Vrabel is going to go, mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, where they're going to go. And this is, I, yeah, this is a missed opportunity for me. For 
a, a team that I, I know the NFL is different from college. I just said it, but a team that holds some serious weight. You know, you're not pulling somebody out of a head coaching job right now, but the Dallas Cowboys still hold some serious weight when you get that phone call, or at least you think so. But to Stephanie's point, I think Jerry probably did call a couple people who said, thanks, but no thanks. I don't think I want to do this. I, this is this is just not a good situation. And to Ward's point about the fan base, I think a lot of fans are like, uh, but more than half of the Cowboy fans, they'll be rooting them on next year. Oh, sure. They're going to stay. Oh, they're, they'll they're they'll have their excitement loyal. when you get to training camp. It'll yep. all, this will all be they'll washed under the bridge. They'll open the doors. They'll but spend I'm be like, not gonna season change. tickets, 100 bucks on a jersey. Yep. Yeah. But I'm going to be like Aaron and just not be emotionally connected. I can't. It, it, don't we hurt have yourself. broken up. We have broken up. Sorry, Cowboys. We could still be friends, but we know how that goes. You know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the ultimate definition of what Einstein said. Which is? The definition well, of insanity? Insanity. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, we're it, just going to run this thing back and see if it works. The other decisions that the Cowboys have to make is, okay, so Mike McCarthy's back. Now, obviously, he's already made his mind up that he's going to extend Dak Prescott and pay him the highest paid player at that position in the NFL. Is That's he worth that? No. no, no. Now you got to figure out how to sa- sign C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Now you got to figure out how to sign Micah Parsons. I mean, I I guess you could. I guess you could go out and say, okay, we're gonna dangle Dak Prescott out there and see if we can get somebody to bite on it, and maybe it's a team that is with a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. that we can go get Caleb Williams or somebody else to change this franchise in the right direction. I don't Look. know. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think there's a franchise out there that would go, hmm, Dak Prescott, he'll win you some games, but, he but he'll, also, Super Bowl. he'll also lose no. you some games. And that's the thing. Who wants that? That's a, how different the NFL is even from 10 years ago. You don't want a guy that's just going to win you games. You want a guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl, or you want a guy who's going to help you tank to get the guy who's going to take you to the Super Bowl, right? right. And, and the scary thing is about this Cowboys future here is that, and, and RJ talked about it yesterday with us, the restructuring his deal and extending him might be the best thing for the Cowboys right now because of that cap hit he already gives you this year. That is, of course, if nobody if nobody's biting at the bait. Which I just doubt they will. I just don't. There's know nobody who would out there that's going to go get him. Well, he has a no trade clause too. He's oh. not going to agree to a trade. He has got them over a barrel, man. Oh, does he? This is this is just not a good situation. No, it, it's it's coming, and, and the the dire situation is coming up quicker than I think a lot of Cowboys fans realize. For what you were talking about with CD and Parsons and these guys who are going to need new deals soon and lucrative deals soon. Yes. Because, I mean, and and these guys, CD more so, he's a couple years older than Mike Parsons, I think, two years older, something like that. So when they hit their primes, you know, the NFL, you get one big contract. Your second contract's your big contract. And, and, and that's where so both of them are sitting right now. To, right. So many guys don't make it to that. And the very few who can earn a big contract are calling for it early, which these guys are. So... 
if this thing fall, if the wheels fall off this thing next year, don't be surprised if those guys are asking for trades. Oh, they'll be out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're looking. I mean we saw it, the, the example I think of is, is Khalil Mack a few years ago, well, six or seven years ago now, where he was heading towards that second contract. His team stunk, and he said, "I got to get out of here because I got to go somewhere where not only can I win, but I'm going to be valued and I'm going to be paid that money." Right now, I am running the risk of you know getting hurt for a bad Cowboys team. This is a year or two down the line, and not getting that second contract. So that, that I just. Say that to say those things are coming down the pike earlier than I think a lot of Cowboys think. As early as next year, I'd say. Maybe this summer. Who knows? I think it's going to be this summer when all this blows up because they're going to have to find a way to, I mean, if they want to have a chance to lock these three guys down. And I don't think it's the best decision, but we know that Jerry Jones doesn't make the best decisions all the time. And, and we've already seen the penny pinching a little bit. I mean, the guy, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. The guys they brought in to, you know, fill out those veteran spots were guys who had nowhere else to go, and albeit had some decent seasons, and Brandon Cooks had a couple good games. Stephon Gilmore had a couple good games. They they part ways with Zeke Elliott, who gets like a million bucks in New England. Like, they're already pinching the pennies, mainly because of the DAC contract. It's only going to get worse. It is only going to get worse. And I know Tony Pollard had his struggles this year, and I I don't think a lot of Cowboys are going to be shedding tears when he's gone. But the fact of the matter is, you banked on this guy being your starting running back, and a year later, after getting rid of Zeke, you're going to have to let him walk. Oh, he's garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that, but I say that to show that (laughs) what, what Jerry is doing in terms of talent evaluation and what he's paying these guys, he was already like, goodbye, Zeke even though there's still some tread left on those tires, we're rolling with Tony Pollard, and it was a failure. And they're going to have to let him walk after one season. It's, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal, more so than just this head coach, but running it back with this head coach is uh, it's interesting. They better do something. Turning camp is not too far away. <laughs> really. it, well, it really isn't. That's but not. Okay, so Mike McCarthy's back as the head coach. I don't think that excites any of the fan base. No. Whatsoever. Not in a good way. (laughs) How do the duties of Mike McCarthy change, if at all, going into the 2024 season? Is he also going to be your play caller? Because of the fact, I wasn't convinced. Was he better than Kellen Moore? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. But everybody knows my feelings on Kellen Moore, so that goes beside the fact. (laughs) But the other thing is, with him being the play caller, he already had trouble managing the game in certain aspects. Even going back to Graham, Green Bay, he had yeah. problems managing the game. Clock management was a problem for him, and, and a lot of other aspects of the game were a problem for him because he was so enthralled on calling the plays that he missed some stuff that normal head coaches right. who are not in that situation would miss. Do they go and find a play caller, or do they just say, yeah, keep your chart, and you can go ahead and call plays? We're just – we're running circles. This is, this is an interesting one because, like, I don't think McCarthy is, like, a terrible play caller. I, the, the thing with this is, you know, their offense was really good in the middle of the season, and they adjusted in those red zone numbers, which were dreadful the first five or six weeks of the season – 
they got up to the middle of the pack. It got a lot better. They they turned CD season around to have one of the best in Cowboys history, if not the best by a receiver. Dak was playing some of his best football a month and a half ago. That said, I I don't know. To me, that just reflects on the quarterback, right? Exactly. You, we've said this over and over. We've had, we've, this, we're doing this for eight years now with Dak. And he is what he is. I don't think a new play caller comes in here and unleashes Dak Prescott at 30, but, 31 years old. But it doesn't matter what the play is called, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've got a good quarterback to execute that play, sure. does it matter who calls the plays? Absolutely I mean, it does. Okay. Absolutely. I think a, I think a good quarterback can make a, an offensive coordinator look better, which I think is probably what happened with Kellen Moore, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I, that's the thing. I just don't know who comes in here and really finds the new Dak Prescott. I think the middle of the season, albeit against some bad teams, sure, and, and a lot of it being at home, Mike McCarthy got the best out of this offense, I think. Now, we go to the playoffs, and he has a shocker. It's a, it, his, his quarterback has a terrible game, and I don't think he has a very good game as a play caller at all. So I think this is just what you have. I don't know who you bring in here to be the O.C., and, and turn this thing around. That's all. Do I think Mike McCarthy should be the play caller just in terms of what he's done? No, I think you need to try something different. I just don't know what that different thing is. I don't know who I don't is. either. I don't Josh either. Josh McDaniels? I don't and and I, I think you're hamstrung by your quarterback a little Again, bit. Again, yeah. I really do. He's not 26. He's not 25. You know, you're not unleashing a part of his game that wasn't there before. You've got what you got. I mean, I go... You hear people all the time say... Dak's a, a top five quarterback in the league. No, he's not. No. Top ten, top 10 maybe. maybe. Yeah. You can go with that. On the cusp of it. Just because his numbers. Nothing else. Numbers. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't win you Super Bowls. Yeah. They don't. They make you look good in the stat box, but they don't win you Super Bowls. He's not an MVP of this league. Sorry, he's not. I, I think you look at numbers. And you get intrigued with those sometimes. And they, that's not the bottom line. The bottom line is, can he go out and will a team to a win? When everything's on the line, is Dak Prescott the guy you go, that's the guy I want under center? No. And my answer is no. Nope. He's and not. He's, and to be fair, he has proven that time and time again. He has. <laughs> he he has really has. proven it. It's. And it's I know no it secret. sounds ugly, but I keep pounding the table. He's a fourth-round quarterback that got thrown into a situation because of two injuries, and he had one hell of a roster around him. Mm-hmm. So they it didn't. Has pretty much his whole career. They didn't ask him to do too much that first year, right. and he looked like, "Wow, look what we found!" And it hasn't got any better. In fact, it's gotten worse. Yeah. He's I mean, a fourth-round quarterback you know getting paid like a first-round quarterback, yeah. and I think that that is a, that's a bad move by the Cowboys. And we, we laughed for years, all of us NFL fans, at the money Kyler Murray was getting paid. Be like, he's your guy? He's a good quarterback, but he's your guy? The same thing's happening in Dallas right now. Mm-hmm. And it is going to handcuff this franchise, man. It, it really is for the next, what, four or five seasons here? At least. I mean, even after he's gone, you, you'll have cap space, but you got to rebuild something. It's going to be a mess. 
you know, when he's here and right after he leaves, you know? So, uh, it, it, it's just a, it's a bad situation to be in. It, it just shows you the fine margins here in the NFL of who you can pay and, and who you can't. It's, it's a mistake. It's going to go down as a mistake. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think a lot of us said at the time, Ugh, you know, even those, like, we like Dak, but you're going to make him the highest, one, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league? And in this case, with the extension, probably will be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? What are we doing? Yeah, what are I, we doing? I'm going to become a Bills fan. <laughs> Just like because the they throw snow? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think you should go to a Bills game in Buffalo. Oh, not in the winter. December 18th or so. Absolutely not. <laughs> I can watch them on TV. Come on. They have pretty uniforms. Oh, my. All right. (laughs) Coming up next. We're ranking the NFL uniforms next segment. (laughs) We talked about (laughs) TCU women's basketball and the fact that they forfeited two games in the Big 12. And now they're holding open tryouts for the TCU women's basketball team. Stephen Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs, joins us next in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor Coaches Show returns January 18th, live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco. And here on ESPN Central Texas, it all begins this Thursday at 6 p.m. for the Baylor Coaches Show, live from Rudy's, streaming on the Baylor Athletics Facebook and YouTube pages, and right here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. The savings continue with the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Say big right now and get all 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees at 10% below MSRP or all 2023 Jeep Compass and Renegades for 10% below MSRP or 2023 Gladiator Overland with over 13000 in savings. First responders get an extra $500 in savings only at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch, La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Don't miss the premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. Over 600 tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Everything you can imagine. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, wacogunshow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. 
Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas and joining us now as promised from Locked On Horn Frogs, Mr. Stephen Simcox and Stephen, hope you had a a very, very good holiday and a very happy new year with you and your family. Thanks, Ward. I did. You know, I mean, aside from uh, aside from the Cowboys just not showing up in their playoff game, it was a good. It was a good holiday. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not good for the Simcox household. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of Cowboys in a little bit, but let's start with, I guess, the biggest story in women's college basketball right now is the TCU women's basketball team has forfeited two games because not enough healthy players on the roster. They had 10 players when they played just a week ago, had an injury, got some players hurt in practice. I don't know what all happened, but I don't know that I've ever heard of a Power 5 team saying, yeah, we just don't have enough players. We're just going to have to forfeit the next two games. That's a pretty wild situation. I mean, it was, I think, exactly two weeks ago I was talking to you and Cam about they had just lost to Baylor, but they played, I mean, in the first half, at least they played well in that game. It was tied at halftime. Things kind of got away from them in the second half, but that was their first loss of the season. At that point, they were ranked. A few days later, Sedona Prince, who is arguably their best player, uh, announced that she broke her finger and she was going to be out for a while. So that was one domino that fell. And then they've, they've been on a four-game losing streak. I mean, they just haven't been able to really find any magic without her on the floor. They lost Oklahoma State. They played pretty well against Texas, but they lost that game. And then they just got destroyed by what I think is a pretty mediocre Houston team on the road over the weekend. Jaden Owens went down with an ACL injury in that game. So you're down two – your two main stars are out. But obviously at that point, I mean, they had 10 players in that Houston game. You still feel like – they have a roster that they could roll out there. Deja Turner announced yesterday that she's done for the season. That puts you down to eight. And they and the Star Telegram, Stephen Johnson, who does a good job covering the TCP, he said they lost a couple players in practice, which I mean, that's possible, Ward. I mean, you know, things happen in practice, mm-hmm. but I don't really understand like what the when the decision was made and who made it. Because if you have six players, I mean, that's not ideal you're most likely going to get run out of the gym, especially against a really good Kansas state team. But technically you can still play. I mean, it's not like, it's not a good situation, but you know, you, you got one sub, you work them in and out. So I, I, I still haven't gotten clarification on if this is coming from the big 12, if this is coming from the team, but bottom line is they forfeited their next two ball games. They're holding open tryouts on Thursday and Friday for students uh, who, you know, female students who want a chance to walk on and they're going to fill out the roster that way. And then I guess they'll go from there, but my goodness, what, I mean, this was a team that under Mark Campbell in year one, it looked like they might make some noise and we're moving in the right direction. 
And I said yesterday I, I, on my podcast, I was like, you know, it, it's such a turnaround. And somebody said, well, I mean, they, they played a pretty soft schedule, so they were undefeated, but they weren't, you know, that record might have been deceiving. And my, my response was, okay, but that's still very different than, hey, we might shut down the program for a couple of weeks because we, <laughs> because, because we can't field the team. I mean, they were at least out there being competitive. So, I, I don't know. My hope, Ward, is that this is just a freak thing where they had a, a bunch of injuries that piled up at once and the decision was made that it was in their best interest to kind of reset, regroup, and move forward. But it's it's very it, – it's insane that they aren't playing two games. You're right. I haven't really heard of this either since COVID. I mean, that you know, that was a whole situation unto itself. But that's been the last time I've seen people postpone games. And, I mean, Kansas State, they were in town. Like, luckily for them, they're going down to Baylor this weekend. So it's not like they have to fly back and then fly in again. But they were warming up in TCU's gym yesterday getting ready for this game when the news came down that they wouldn't be playing. So I'm sure they're annoyed. I know the TCU players and coaching staff can't be happy with this. But it's not a good look. I mean, it, it, when you literally can't feel the team, that's, that's not a great situation. And I know nobody wants this to happen, but it's just bizarre to me that they couldn't at least get, you know, somebody on the court that would – it wouldn't be much of a game, but you would at least get out there and, and play for 40 minutes. Yeah, we've seen teams have open tryouts before in different situations. And in this situation, in the middle of the conference schedule, and saying, okay, we're going to open up the gym for Thursday and Friday. You think you can play college basketball? Come on out and we'll see if we can get you on this roster. Does that really solve the problem? Oh, no, it doesn't solve your problem. I mean, it gets you to a place where I guess you can practice again and at least run like five on five and during the week while you're getting ready for games. The weird thing about it is, Ward, like, I don't think this is a horrible basketball team. I mean, I, I feel like no. there's talent here. Um, so it's it's very odd because on one hand, I'm sitting here like, well, I don't know where your next win comes from because you're going to just punt on these next two games. You still have to play the teeth of the big 12 schedule, but I mean, Madison Connor is a good shooter. She's had a good season. They have um, a few other players who have done some nice things, but yeah, now you just have uh, people on campus. who are going to be coming off the street, essentially um, making it with your team. And I mean, no, it, it doesn't solve any problems. And then I guess there's a whole another host of problems of, okay, these, these students, like it's one thing if you can play, but then also now you're just going to drop everything and, you're going to be traveling with the team every week. Like there's just a lot of <laughs> logistics that kind of has to be figured out, but uh, it's, it's a crazy, crazy scenario. And I just, I'm still waiting to hear like what happened between Saturday and now, other than these injuries, because they had a team that could play. And I mean, I know they, they had some folks that ended up a season in the injuries, but it still doesn't really, the math doesn't seem to be adding up. So I don't know if someone left or if someone got suspended, um, but you're going to need reinforcements. And I guess this is the only way to really go about doing it at this point in time in the season. Stephen Simcox with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Stephen, how disappointing is this for women's basketball fans in Fort Worth because of the fact that they did start 14-0? and I know it was a little rough start going into the Big 12, but the Big 12 is what the Big 12 is. But starting off 14-0, and there was a lot of upside to this basketball program. 
No, it's just bad all the way around. I mean, things ended poorly with Reagan Peebley, and I think Reagan was a good coach. I think she cared about the program. I think she cared about the players. The bottom line was they just they weren't winning, and they weren't even really staying with anybody in the league. They went 1-17 last year. They did end up winning one Big 12 tournament game, but that was kind of the highlight of the season. So she, she resigned. I think it was sort of obviously a mutual parting of ways. And Mark Campbell came in with a lot of energy, and I think there were people that were getting excited again about women's basketball. There was some buzz around TCU. But now the unfortunate thing is this has become a national story. Like this is the first time a lot of people are hearing about TCU women's basketball in the last few years, and the headline is they can't play, you know, they literally can't play a game and they're forfeiting. So it certainly doesn't help the perception of the team and kind of where they're at. You know, the hope is you can bounce back. But honestly, I just – I mean, I hate to say it because there's still 13 games left in your conference schedule, but it feels like at this point you're just sort of figuring out, okay, who on this roster right now can help us next year? And maybe you know, maybe you find a, a really – maybe there's a really cool story out of these walk-ons that come on the team now and possibly somebody that hangs with the roster for the rest of the year and gets some playing time later on, but – those are the kind of bright spots you're going to have to search for. Cause I just don't, I mean, for one thing, just physically, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to put a competitive group out there every night. And then also just mentally, this has got to be a pretty, a pretty big beating for those players when they're having to cancel games. And, you know, you're getting new teammates in the middle of the year. None of those things seem like they'd be conductive to, to winning. So it's a, it's a huge step back on what seemed like a year where you were going to take a lot of step forward a lot of steps forward. I just, I don't really see that possibility right now. With the transfer portal, the way it is in college sports right now, how dangerous is this for TCU and the fact that what players they do have on scholarship are looking around going, yeah, I'm out of here. I, I'm going to go find somewhere else to go. This is not a good situation. It's an issue. I mean, I, I guess the flip side of that is word, like, especially in basketball, if, unless you're a team that, it's sort of in the top, I don't know, 30 in the country. Like, mm-hmm. the portal is how you build this thing. And I don't think it's how coaches want to do it. But, you know, you look at the men's side, Jamie Dixon, he's changing up things a little bit with this recruiting class. But honestly, they, they've stopped recruiting high school players. Now, they wouldn't say that. They probably wouldn't like me saying that either. But <laughs> I mean, if, you look, if you look at the numbers, Ward, it's just simple. They, the, the guys they've got from high school ranks are – mainly lower-rated players that I feel like are kind of there for depth, and all their starters are guys that they brought in from the portal the last few seasons. And that's what Mark Campbell did with the women's team this past year. You know, he's known as a good recruiter. He was at Oregon when um, Sabrina Ionescu and that group was there that ended up losing to Baylor in the Final Four, and he was known for building that roster. So I think he can rebound from this, but, yeah, it's a big problem. I mean, thankfully for them – a lot of these players they brought in this year, it was kind of like, hey, the pitch was one final ride. You know, Sedona Prince, she only has one year of eligibility left. Same with Jaden Owens, who came over from Baylor. Um, Victoria Flores is a local product from Duncanville. They're mm-hmm. completing the process. And, you know, she had a good game against Texas. I think they're excited about her future. And, I mean, the the bottom line is the way of the world now. I'm sure, I'm sure she's already getting text messages from friends that are, out of the programs that are like, what the heck is going on over there? And, you know, when, when do you want to leave? So uh, that's something we're going to have to fight against. And, 
that's just that's part of the job now. You're recruiting your own roster 24-7, and this is definitely not a great look that you have to kind of redo the roster in the middle of the season. I know it sounds simple, but this could go either really, really good and be a great story toward the end of the year because they did find some diamonds in the rough, or it just could get worse for the women basketball team at TCU. And what does it do with the fact that you forfeited two games and you're going to get some kiddos that are just walking around campus that may be suiting up for you. What do you think ticket sales are going to look like over the next couple of games? Well, maybe we'll get their families involved. They'll want to come up and see them on the roster. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's probably not going to be good in that regard. It, it definitely will be intriguing to see how they respond. I, I do think there's a chance if you can – if, if the team has good chemistry and they do have a good relationship with the staff, yeah, let's rally together. Let's let's do our best. Let's try to make this a fun story. Let's you know it's us against everybody else. But I mean, the more likely thing is that everybody's pretty discouraged right now. It's going to be tough to overcome. I would also say, kind of going back to the portal. I mean, not to question anybody's commitment. I just feel like if you have a lot of players that are kind of passing through and are only here for one season when everything unravels like this, it, it would be really tempting to just be like, well, all right, you, you guys got it. I'll, I'll catch you. I'll catch you later. So <laughs> um, and no, I, don't, I don't think anybody's just going to walk away from it, but you know, you know what I mean? Just the, the work and commitment that it takes to be a good team day in and day out. Does that start to wane? And does that start to kind of fall away with all the adversity that you're facing? Um, so they're going to have to figure that out. And that's, that's now the challenge of the staff is to find a way to motivate these players to, you know, keep it going and do their best even in the face of, of everything that's going down. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not ideal and hopefully they can other and sort of look at this as a challenge that can be, that can be uh, beaten, but it's uh it's an uphill battle for sure. Steven Simcox locked on Horn Frogs with us here in the press box on ESPN central Texas. Let's flip over to the men's side and, you know, the Big 12 is one of the best conferences in the country. We've heard that for years, and, and I think it's proven itself again. The bad thing about it, this conference can chew itself to pieces before the end of conference play, and you get into the conference tournament. TCU beats Houston over the weekend, the number two team in the country, storm the court, and then they come out and they get beat by Cincinnati in overtime earlier this week on Tuesday night. That just proves – how weird this conference is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a week-to-week. It's a day-to-day league for sure. Uh, that loss against Cincinnati was frustrating. I mean, Cincinnati's not a bad team. Like, they're 2-2 two two in the league now, too. And as you said, like, they're tough out at home. They took Baylor to the wire, I know, on the road earlier in the week. But TCU had so many opportunities to kind of put that game away, and they just couldn't find a way to do it. And then in the end, they lose in overtime. And – We'll see how they bounce back. They play Iowa State this weekend. I do feel like, though, that was there was a fleeting moment, Ward, after they beat Houston, where I thought, well, maybe this team can compete for a conference title. You know, like maybe this is a group that is going to be in the top half of the league and can rattle off five or six wins in a row. And it's not the end of the world losing to Cincinnati, but I think those are the types of games, if you want to be a real deal contender, even in a league like the Big 12, that is so tough. You have to find a way to win. Okay, you didn't play your best basketball. It's tough to win on the road. We can roll down all the cliches. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're cliches because they're true, but the bottom line is 
you got to find a way to win those games. And I know, like, Baylor just lost to Kansas State. Kansas has lost to UCF. UCF beat Texas last night. I have no idea what's going on with the Horns. Feels like maybe the, the Rodney Terry experiment is kind of fizzling out there. So everybody has an L. It's, you know, TCU's very much in it. It just seems like a huge missed opportunity. And I, I give those other teams the benefit of the doubt more than the Frogs just because they've been at the top of the conference year in and year out where TCU's still trying to build towards that. Um, it's a crazy league. I mean, you're right. There's, there's literally no off days. Everybody kind of thought going into the year, well, UCF and BYU stepping up to the Big 12, they're not going to be able to hang. And those have been two of the best teams in the league. You know, Cincinnati has also been really tough. Houston is funny enough. I mean, they're the school with the best pedigree. They struggle, but then they bounce back and they beat Tech last night. So you better bring your A game every night because there's no conference like it in America. There's just literally um, not a chance to breathe. you got to play every night. Does that get you ready, the NCAA tournament, or does it kind of hurt you a little bit because you did get beat up throughout the conference tournament, throughout conference play, and maybe in the Big 12 tournament, which, you know me, I think that's just a money grab anyway. <laughs> I think, it, I mean, it definitely helps. Like, it helps seeing that competition level. I will say, you know, Kansas and Baylor, they, they won those national titles back-to-back, and those teams were just head and shoulders better than everybody in the league. And so it was a battle for them, but they were rattling off a lot of wins. I think the challenge for big 12 teams is, you know, if you go nine and nine or 10 and eight or 11 and seven in conference play award, like that's still a really good record given Mm -hmm. how good the league is. But the problem is when you get to selection Sunday, you're probably going to be a six or a seven seed. Right. And that means in round two, you're playing a two seed or a three seed. And that's a tough draw. Like that's kind of what TCU's, running through the last few years, they played Arizona um, a couple of years back and then Gonzaga in back-to-back seasons and around the 32 and they lost those games. And, you know, if they were a high, if they were in a different conference, had a better record and higher seed, then maybe there's an easier path to the sweet 16. But I, I feel like overall it's a positive. I mean, coaches talk about competition all the time, how good it is for you. And I, I mean, honestly, like I think you're seeing it with BYU and UCF. Like those are two programs that, aren't known for basketball. I mean, UCF had a really good run a few years back when they matched up with Duke and they had right. profile there at center, but um, they're rising to the challenge, right? Like they're getting after it. They're playing really good ball and they've kind of revamped their rosters and made them into contenders immediately. And I, I feel like that's just a byproduct of, Hey, if we, the athletic department being like, Hey, if you don't figure this out, we're going to get it. We're going to get a tails kicked every night. Like we can't, we can't be, uh, a mediocre team in this league, and they've ro- they've rose to that challenge so far. How big is this game coming up on Saturday with TCU hosting Iowa State uh, there in Fort Worth? And I look, I know they're all big, but coming off that disappointing loss to Cincinnati, isn't this one kind of highlighted more that you really need to take care of your home court? Yeah, it's significant. I mean, you you got to stay over five hundred. I think that's a huge part of this, and. The, the schedule gets a little more manageable after this. Um, you still got Baylor and Texas sprinkled in there, but I think they play Oklahoma State at home. and uh, So there's some winnable games. But bottom line is you got to protect home court. And Iowa State's coming off a loss too, so I know they're going to be desperate and ready to play. So, again, you, you got to be ready to play well. And, I mean, you know this pretty well too, Ward. Like, Charlemagne Arena has actually become a place where – it's kind of tough to play. Mm-hmm. It hasn't traditionally been the case, but 
they found a good home court advantage since they redid that arena. Um, obviously, people are more excited to go to the games now because the team's just better. And so it's uh, it's good to see that that's, that's going to be part of this. And now it's it's easier to protect your home court when the crowd's into it and you know you're going to have a good environment every week. Is Oklahoma State the most disappointing team in the Big 12 right now? Because they just can't seem to find their way. Yeah, I think they have to be. And, I mean, I feel for Mike Boynton. I, I thought I, I still think he's a good coach. I mean, I don't feel like he's forgotten how to coach. Um, it wasn't too long ago that he was the kind of the, the young, hot name in the Big 12. Well, he was the darling, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was, he was supposed to be the next guy, right? Like, he was supposed to be the next one that sort of took the torch from the powers that be right now and, and led it into a new era. Um, and now, I mean, honestly, I, I think unless they can really break this thing open, I don't see how they how he's going to keep his job after the season. So, Oklahoma State's really disappointing. But I, I might go Texas just because, I mean, they were an Elite Eight team last year. and Oh, yeah. You know, they're a, a, a tough shot, and they made a – Tough shot against Cincinnati. If they don't kind of steal that game on the road at the end of that ball game, we're talking about teams that went four, so they look pretty lost right now. But I know Oklahoma State. I mean, they got good pedigree there, and that's a place that expects to win in basketball. It's, it's not getting done right now. Stephen Simcox, locked on Horn Frogs, with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And all right, Stephen, I, I know you're a huge Cowboy fan. Disappointing loss for the Cowboys, but was there a huge groan? across Cowboys fans yesterday afternoon when Jerry Jones came out and said, hey, Mike McCarthy's going to be back in 2024. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, like, yes, is the short answer. I, I, <laughs> and How I was it at the I Simcox think, house? <laughs> you know, and it's not even that I think Mike is some horrible coach, but you got whipped by Green Bay at home, like a Green Bay team that was nine and eight. And I know Jordan Love, and he looks like he's the next guy, and they kind of got hot towards the end of the season. But Ward, that was never a game. Like they no. went right down the field on the first drive, just destroyed that defense. They go up seven nothing. Cowboys didn't have an answer. Dak throws a pick. It was twenty seven nothing in the first half before they scored like a you know, kind of a hurry up touchdown right before halftime. There was never a point in that ball game where I thought, okay, here come the Cowboys. They got destroyed on their home field in a playoff game where it looked like they had a clear path to the NFC Championship. I just don't see how you can bring Mike McCarthy back. And also, look at the names that are out there right now. Mm -hmm. Jim Belichick's out there. Jim Harbaugh's out there. Like, go get one of those guys. But they can't. But I don't think they can because Bill Belichick's not going to answer that call. He knows what he knows what it's like in Dallas. That guy wants to run the show. He knows he's not going to run the show for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's coming from a place at Michigan where he was totally in charge. He wouldn't be totally in charge in Dallas because you have to answer to Jerry Jones. And you know he's going to be involved in the personnel decision. He's going to have his hands in everything. And that's, I mean, that's been the issue that's plagued the team for a long time. But my goodness. I mean, they just they have found every way. Sometimes they're the, the favorite and they lose at home in the playoffs, like against the Giants back in 2007, right. and Packers and Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Sometimes they get hot at the end of the year and you're like, okay, maybe they're going to do one of those great stories, like the Giants from the wild card. You know, maybe they'll be one of those teams that just, they probably weren't the best team, but they were the hottest team. And then they go up against San Francisco or Green Bay or somebody and they get beat. They, they haven't 
they haven't made a conference title game since I was three years old. I'm 31 <laughs> now. I'm like basically my entire life. The Texans and the Lions, but the Texans and the Lions might make a, a conference title game board before the Dallas Cowboys because they can't get their act together. It's a league like this league is all about parity. Everybody is supposed to have a chance if you you know you run your organization well, if you draft well, to at least. You need to win the Super Bowl. The Dallas can't even do that. They can't get out of their own way. The Bengals have made it, man. The Bengals are mm-hmm. in franchise. Dallas still hasn't figured it out. It's just infuriating. And what a disaster. But, yeah, let's just run it back with Mike one more time. We'll win 12 games in the regular season again, and I'm sure get beat in the playoffs. That's, that's what everybody wants, right? Did Jerry Jones just tell everybody that's a Cowboy fan and maybe the entire NFL that he's really not serious about winning Super Bowls? I want to win 12 games a year. Well, the crazy thing about it, too, is, you know, I mean, his reputation, I feel like, overall, because of what he did with Jimmy, and rightly so, is that he's just this super impatient, like, riverboat gambler type. But with both these coaches, Ward, I mean, he's been super conservative. He gave Jason Garrett an entire decade to try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing each and every year. And towards the end of it, like, even at the end of his tenure, like, you know, typically these guys are fired Sunday afternoon or Monday after the season. He was meeting with Jason for like three days afterwards. Like, are you guys working on his LinkedIn profile? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get him out of the building. But it still took like an entire week to fire him, and they hired Mike. And, you know, I mean, okay, so you're going to let him have like a prove-it year on his, on the last year of his contract. It just doesn't make any sense. Just cut ties and move on. You're the Cowboys. You have all the money and resources in the world. The only way, like you can't, you have a salary cap, so you can't overspend on players. The only way to exploit your advantage is to go get a competent head football coach and to get out of his way and let him do his job, and they still can't figure it out. So I don't know, man. I think I think it's just uh, it's minor league football over there. Well, and it's going to get worse, too, because you're sitting in a situation where, okay, you're bringing Mike McCarthy back. Dan Quinn's probably going to be back on this staff because I don't think anybody's going to hire Dan Quinn after the performance that he put out on the wild card weekend against the Packers. And and I know that that's just a small sample size, but also Dan Quinn, I don't know how serious he is, honestly, about going in and taking that last ride because if he doesn't get it done on this second opportunity, there's not going to be a third opportunity for Dan Quinn. So he may just stick around. Then you've got the problem of, well, we've got to extend Dak and make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. Oh, by the way, we got to pay C.D. Lamb. Oh, by the way, we got to pay Micah Parsons. I mean, this thing's just going to get worse for the Cowboys. Well, and I mean, in typical Cowboys fashion, it just comes down to can you make a hard decision? I mean, bottom line is you're probably going to part ways with one of those guys. Maybe it's be a trade. You know, I don't want to trade any of them necessarily. Like, I think Micah Parsons is a really good and they really lucked out with Mike. I mean, when they drafted him, Ward, he was he was a middle linebacker at Penn State, and that mm-hmm. was sort of what they thought he was going to do. And he turned himself into one of the best edge rushers in football, and so they've been really fortunate. And so I don't want to part ways with Micah Parsons, but man, you get in a playoff game, and you just don't hear his name, and he's and and all you get all you hear about him is well, he's getting held all the time. Well, so is everybody else is a good pass rusher. Find a way to get to the quarterback, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.D. Lamb was outstanding this year, and I, I don't really think he could have done more, but offense was horrible in the playoffs. I like Dak a lot, but you get you can't throw a pick six. You can't throw a pick inside your own 10-yard line, 
and put yourself down 27 nothing. And I don't care that he put up 400 yards. It doesn't matter. He put up a lot of garbage time yards against a defense that was just happy to let them do whatever they wanted because they knew, like, the clock was running down. And it's the same story every year. So, I mean, shake things up. Like, and I don't, I don't know what that looks like because you, you're not in a position where you can draft a quarterback. But, no, I mean, Caleb Williams is out there. Drake May is out there. Like, maybe Dangle Doc out there. See if he might bite. Just, just blow this thing up. This is the fourth or fifth iteration of this team, you know, in the last ten years, and it's all ended the same way. So, at some point, the, the, you know, all the fingers point to you, and they, they got to make some tough decisions this offseason. But I don't think they will. I feel like they'll just kind of run it back with who they got, which is why we're in the situation in the first place. <laughs> Steven Simcox locked on Horn Frogs with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Steven, certainly do appreciate the time. As always, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Frogs in Iowa State, and we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Thanks, Ward. I appreciate it. Press box continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. This is, this is ESPN Central Texas. Save big on your next pre-owned car or truck at Richard Carr. Well-qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2021 Nissan Versa for $196 a month or a pre-owned 2021 Buick Encore for $286 a month or a pre-owned 2018 Chevy Silverado for $360 a month. 100 thoroughly inspected pre-owned vehicles are on the lot and priced to sell. 100% approval is always our goal. Call, log on, or get here now for the New Year New Ride pre-owned savings event at Richard Carr. At Richard Carr, we give you more. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive through on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. Don't miss the premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. Over 600 tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Everything you can imagine. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or militaria collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, wacogunshow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. First Central Credit Union free reward checking earns 5% APY, refunds all your ATM fees, and has a savings account combo that earns you money too. Ask for Casasa Checking. It's our superpower, and it's easy to apply online at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. APY is annual percentage yield. Eligibility and qualifications apply. Member NCUA. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more.
spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. It's time for Stephanie Sports Talk, sponsored by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, Lafayette Restaurant and Cantina, King Ranch Turfgrass, Mosby's Land Management, Myatt Fuels, and now, here's Stephanie. Ta -da! <laughs> wow. That was good. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thank you. I'm in my Motown era. <laughs> He's over here going, yeah, we're like the Supremes. <laughs> I don't I even know who that. the Supremes Love are. Love some Supremes. I don't even know who they are. They're what? I know. You don't know who they you, are. You, you don't know are, any songs. Stop. I mean, I know who they are, but I don't know who they are. I couldn't tell you one song uh, they you put sing. it that way. Not one? I don't know. Is it like, heard it through the grapevine? Close. I don't think. Close, I don't close but no cigar. <laughs> I believe that was Marvin Gaye. The that late, great Marvin, Marvin Gaye. Gaye. Yes. Let's they, get it on. I think, you are con I think you're confusing no. Marvin Gaye entirely with the Supremes. I like Marvin Gaye. That's a great, like, make-out song. That's also Marvin <laughs> Wow. Really? The song that's Let's Get It On? Yes. <laughs> Boy, I hope he knows that. I, you know, you lead into it. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> this might take off, Marvin Gaye being a, a make-out artist. Yeah. That might take off. Who knows? I mean, play it, you know, if you're on a date, if you're with your husband or wife, and mm -hmm. see what happens. <laughs> the, the Supremes were Diana Ross's backup yes. band. Oh, what did she sing? <laughs> did she sing... Uh, she no, she didn't say with respect. That was what's her name? That Tina was Aretha Turner. Franklin. Oh, I thought it was Tina Turner. <laughs> oh. Wow. So oh man, <laughs> we we need to. One of these days, there's going to be a slow sports day, and we're just going to keep you in for an hour, and we're going to talk music. I cannot wait. Okay. Diana Ross still alive, right? She's dead. Um, I don't think. I think Diana Ross no, is still alive. No, she's still. She's, she's still, still alive. kicking. She might be in the old folks' yep, home. Seventy-nine years old. Yeah. About to turn 80. Do you know what she's, what is she, name me a song. She had tons of songs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like I'm a popular I one? consider myself a huge well, yeah, fan. Yeah, like popular ones. <laughs> <laughs> Did she make the Billboard Top 25? Reach Out and Dude, Touch. She had some that number was, one I think hits. number one. Oh, Reach mm -hmm. Out and Touch Someone. Yeah. How does mm -hmm. it go? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good try. All right. Touch Me in the Morning, big album. I know that one for a while. God, you, you're younger than me and you know all this stuff. I do like, your dad. I really like. Because of your dad. Can I do a quick aside? Okay. Because it's not because of my dad. Because this of your will mom? shock you. So, kind of. Yeah. So, off. my dad <laughs> is remarkably illiterate when it comes to popular music. Like, remarkable. Okay? So, he grew up during the British invasion and yet doesn't know anything. We used to play this game in the car where I would go on my Spotify, I'd play a song, and I'd say, okay, dad, is this the Beatles, the Stones, or the Doors? Should be right in his wheelhouse. He'd be like 10 years old when this stuff came out. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing going on. <laughs> I didn't know there was I a British invasion. It. When did that happen? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, boy. What? I got to go back I to school. I can't tell if this is a bit. I don't know. That's when, seriously, I don't that's know. That's when the Beatles and the Stones. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like war. Oh, my. I'm like, I don't remember studying that in history. I Never mind. I don't remember like you studying history. <laughs> the Who, the Kinks, Jerry and the Pacemakers. I remember pacemakers. the Who. The pacemakers, Jerry yes. and the pacemaker. I, they okay, weren't as I big. They so, weren't in that same echelon. I'm but so gonna have to I'll take give you that. A the animals. Course. 
House of the Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just all, they were all British. Anyway. Okay, let's put him on Name That Tune. And oh, I would love to. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, real quick, I got to give a shout out to Stiefel Investments and Volkswagen of Waco. Um, they are two new oh, sponsors for um, Stephanie Sports Talk. So um, if you need some investment advice, please call Stiefel Investments. And if you need a new car, go see my buddy Tim Ward over at Volkswagen of Waco. New I need and both used cars. Those All right, here we go. Yesterday we talked about the Super Bowl commercials, and Ward gave me some homework about the top 10 commercials of all time. Yes. So, you know, like that's Critic Choice Awards and the Grammys and all that. There's a board of people that, like, nominate actors and all that. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the same people did this for Super Bowl commercials. Okay, we're going to start from 10, work our way up to 1. Okay, see if we remember these, I guess. Okay, this one, I remember. In 2010... It was Betty White in a Snickers commercial. Yeah, remember was my that? Pick. And that she was, was playing, and that guy, she was playing football with these guys, and the guy just runs and knocks her down. Just form tackle, like, just lights her up. And you know the other team members are yelling at her, going, "You know, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And she's like, "You've been on me all day." And then <laughs> out of nowhere, this girl says, "Mike, you're acting a little hungry," and hands Betty White a Snickers, and there you. is a guy. Now, that one's funny. All right. right. This one, I said yesterday, Ward thought it was stupid. Is in 2008. That was the first time for the Talking Babies for E-Trade. Uh, I don't know. I'm out yeah, on see, those. I block out the Super Bowl from now, February this 3rd, one, 2008. I, I, I know. So, this is number seven. I don't remember this at all. In 2006, FedEx Castaway. It was a take on the movie oh, yeah. Castaway where With the guy. Tom Hanks, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. And the guy has the long hair and he goes to his lady door and says, I was stranded on an, on an island, but I wanted to make sure you got your package. Eh, whatever. Okay. Just creative. It's nice. Yeah. The next one was in 2003. This one's funny. Hilarious. I looked it up and I remember this commercial and watched it. Go to YouTube. You can find it. 2003 was Terry Tate, office linebacker for Reebok. And he's tackling everybody in the office. They're walking, and bam, he lays them out, you know, because they copied something wrong or did something. And it's just hilarious. I remember that one. I don't remember that one. Oh, you got to look it up. It's hilarious. Okay, the next one is. He's like full pads and everything, too. (laughs) Like, he just levels people in the cubicle. And then you've got this executive that breaks over to camera and says, you know, Terry is a good employee. <laughs> He's keeping everyone honest. Something like that. Yeah, like, you it's know, Accountability in this office. It's hilarious. The next one, I remember it sort of kind of. I thought it was stupid. It was an ad for EDS, which is an HP company. And it was in 2000 for cat herding. You had all these guys on horseback. Instead of herding cows, they're herding cats. And the whole point of, and these cowboys are telling their stories about, you know, how do you, how do you catch a cat? And um, anyways, it just it was dumb, but it made the top list. Okay. In two thousand again was Budweiser, where all those guys were going, "What's up?" Remember that? What's up? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it was so annoying, and everyone across the country started saying it, like when you called your buddy or whatever. The What's up? I just it hurts my throat. <laughs> anyway, you did a, a few too many what's ups back in your. Day. I mean, yeah, something. Um, in 1996, the next one was Budweiser for Bud Ice, and it had the penguin in it. And so these guys are like, 
because penguins have to live in cold weather and the ice. So you'd have a guy with a six pack of butt ice driving down the road in the rain, and then there's the penguin in the back who wants his butt ice. It was dumb. Mm. It was stupid, but it was a series of them. Okay. All right. 1995 was also Budweiser, which was my favorite, the Budweiser Frogs. Budweiser. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, Yeah, I like the frogs, even though I'm terrified of real frogs. What? Terrified. Oh, you have no idea. Like, Why is that? If I had to kiss a frog for a prince, forget it. I'd stay single. But thank God I have Scott. But I ain't kissing no frogs. Well, you don't have to (laughs) kiss a frog. (laughs) Frogs can't hurt you. They can give you, give you warts. warts. They can pee on you. No. They can jump. They're slimy. Frogs They're gross. do not give you warts. And people. No wives. That's tale. a wives' tale. Uh uh-uh. uh. I heard it. I heard it in school. Oh, of course. Let's <laughs> see what the Google says. <laughs> All right. Next one. I got three more for you. 1993. Nike Hair Jordan when Bugs Bunny meets Bugs Bunny. Michael Jordan. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, and he. Yeah, that one was good. So that's number three. That's number three. Number two. And I don't remember this one at all. I looked at it. I even watched it on YouTube, and I was like, huh, I don't remember that one. But in 1984, that's probably why, because I was in high school, and I was probably, okay. who knows what I was doing, was Apple, the company Apple. Is with, that when they had all the people in that room looking at the big screen? Yes, and the, they, the yes. George Orwell thing, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so when they made still this. Still make 1984. Yeah, 1984. 1984. So Apple was still a small company, and what's his name? What's Steve Jobs. Name? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, just, mm-hmm. I was going to say mm-hmm. Bill Gates, but I know that wasn't it. So That, that was a good instinct. Our resident instinct. historian, Stephanie. I know. <laughs> just ask me any question. I know the answer. But anyways, they actually, small company, didn't have much money. So right. they thought, well, we need to give people the idea of buying a computer and computers, you know, because back then, you know, people didn't walk around with laptops. Yeah, that was like phones. the first PC, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Like the first accessible PC, like that really launched them. Uh-huh. Well, they actually hired director from Hollywood, Ridley Scott, mm. to produce it. And um, so that was number two. And number one of all-time favorite is, Did of course. Did he play high school football in Temple, Texas? Oh, no. I'm going to guess yes. Yeah, probably. 1980 Coca-Cola. Mean Green and the Kid. Temple, Texas. Mm. Yep. Now, this idea. UNT. Yes. UNT. Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the few that gets a a team mascot named after them. Now, get this. Mm -hmm. The Mean Green. Yes. And get this. That commercial actually debuted in 1979. Yes, it did. And they replayed it at the Super Bowl, and he was in the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl um, when they played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they caught him on camera drinking a Coke on the sideline. Did you know that? Probably got a pretty. That was that. Um, obviously set up. Well, let's use our imagination like it wasn't. Coke. Well, it was. Well, I'm going to go with it wasn't because it was like, oh, that's awesome. The commercial just played, and look, he's drinking a Coke. You don't think somebody handed him that and said, "Hey, Joe, drink I this. need you to drink this mm-hmm. in the next thirty seconds." Yes, <laughs> and we'll give you an extra million dollars. Probably, but I'm going to go with, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> of course, you are. <laughs> Just saying. Life's better that way. Trust me. But those were your top 10 of all time that um, I guess this Academy voted for. Um, So I'd like to know what y'all's top is. I mean, I like the Mean Green, and I like the Budweiser Frogs. Uh, Yeah, I think yesterday I had the Betty White one as my personal favorite. That's hilarious. I mean, the (laughs) Have a Coke and a Smile is iconic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to beat that one. I like it, too. Mean Joe Green is 
probably right there as close to the top, but my favorite all time is still McDonald's with Jordan and Bird. Yeah, I thought that was a good, good one. Man. I'm surprised that one didn't make the top 10 list. Maybe it's in the top 20. Um, I'll have to look at the other 10. Maybe I can talk about those I'm tomorrow. convinced Larry won it, by the way. <laughs> Just what? my hunch. I don't think so. He's a Boston guy. It, well, you and my daughter. My daughter, actually, she just went to a Celtics game. But what? No, she, she's a I'm Boston. going on Sunday. I mean, she's Houston. from Texas in Austin, grew up in Texas, and she loves Boston Celtics. And I think Good it's honor. I think it's the uniforms. Great classic uniforms. I know Ward uh, has to agree. I I do. You like you like the UT uniforms. Celtics are in that same vein. Different color, obviously, but that mm-hmm. clean. I like their look. uniforms. I love the Celtics green. I like. It. They For some reason, I like it's it. kind of a shade of green that really nobody else does. They keep they keep striking. It. Well, yeah, and they don't like go all crazy. You know, right? Yeah. You know, well, I'm I'm one well, of those guys, and I crazy get now. I get why we do where we're at with uniforms because it entices young kids to come. Hey, we've got. 15 different combinations mm-hmm. we can wear in the uni. Yep. It also helps but women. I, but I also, I respect those teams that don't do that, that stick to their guns and say, we got one helmet, we got two jerseys, home and away, and we got one pair of pants, and that's what we're wearing. And, who and I'm good with baby. that. Like the Steelers, they don't change up much. The Green well, Bay Packers he, don't change up much. No. no. The, the Raiders don't really change up much. No, Raiders, Seattle I mean, haven't really changed changes their own all the Raiders time. Raiders did wear a black helmet once this year, and I thought it looked terrible. Terrible. I think the ooh, I I can do uniform talk all day long, so I'll try and keep it light. But I think <laughs> the You're Raiders. A fashionista. I think the Raiders might have the best home uniform. The Raiders have great. Although uniforms. you know, I really love both Chiefs jerseys. Mm, mm-hmm. That color palette, that that red and gold, but not McDonald's Look red at and Mr. gold. Look at Mr. Fashionista over here. Oh, I love those. Yeah. I mean, all those classic ones are great. The Cowboys have a great uniform. The white one, Ward. Yes. The white one. <laughs> not the Steelers blue one. Steelers are good. Packers have a great color scheme. Falcons. Eh, I like. I don't them. like the Falcons one the way you do. I don't like the I like Panthers. their old ones that were more simple. Uh, Panthers, eh. I, I don't hate the Panthers ones. Well, I have to Texans, bad. <laughs> awful. Bad uniforms. That's an awful uniform. In fact, right now, with their new iteration as of three years ago, Patriots, bad uniforms. True. I, Used to that be just I agree fine, with. Man. I like the I red agree. jersey with the white helmet. Reds were great. I don't like teams regressing and going back to old brands, but I wouldn't mind if the Patriots went back to, to red. And maybe you throw a little bit more blue than you had before. You but should apply. I you know what? Why don't uniform. you apply for like the NFL Let Me Choose Your Outfit? company or if something. If that is a job, I am in it. Outfit. I am in. Sorry <laughs> to you guys, but if that's a job, I'm out of here. All right, NFL coming up next on the Press Box. Baylor Bear Basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. It's the Bears and the Longhorns in Austin on Saturday. 10.30 a.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 11 a.m. tip-off Saturday. Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. 
Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. Did you know, now's a great time to let Jeff on our Toyota put you in a new or used vehicle. I'm Kyle Tomlinson, General Manager of Jeff on our Toyota, and you can choose from many makes and models, all priced to fit any budget. We also have a state-of-the-art service and body shop and a full-line parts department with factory-trained Toyota specialists. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price. Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality, Waco values. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Kish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands, Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Oh, what a great song. Absolutely. Great, great song. Nice job, Aaron. Your boy Q joining us here in just a few minutes in the press box. Want to get to a little NFL news before we get to Q. Baltimore Ravens switched up their backfield heading into Saturday's divisional game against the Texans. Dalvin Cook has been moved to the active roster, and they waived Melvin Gordon for the Ravens. Boy, that would have been humongous news in, like, 2016. Yes. <laughs> that would have been humongous. But here we go. I mean, are you are you trading one for the other that's not a whole lot of different? Yeah, I think they are. I think they're saying both of these guys don't have a lot left in the tank, right? I mean, let's be honest. But we've put some tread on those Melvin Gordon tires. We know there's there hadn't been anything this season on Dalvin Cook. Plug and play. I think that's how they're treating it. And 
that's kind of how they've treated their running game all year long, and it's been really good for them in that Munkin offense. So it helps when your quarterback is such a threat with his legs too. I, I yeah, I think that 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 gives you a, a chance to open up the running game somewhere else. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that this is. It's it's fun to look at and think about, but I, I right. don't think it does a whole lot to say, "Oh wow, look out!" Yeah, I don't. Here I don't comes think Dalvin Cook. I don't think it's moving the line at all. How about that? I don't. I don't think it's moving the line on this one. There's a reason why he barely touched the field for a not very good Jets team. Right now, part of it was that they had, they have one of the best running backs in the in the league in Brees Hall, mm-hmm. but he was coming off ACL injury. There was opportunity there for Dalvin Cook right. if he was still the old Dalvin to split Cook. some carries. Yeah. Take take some of that load off, but but yeah, to your point, Ward. I mean, it's you're subbing one for the other. I think they're both just as effective right now. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of the Ravens this year for as good as a team as they've been. He's not going to get the 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 real workload of carries. He'll get some touches. He will because they run the ball a lot. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be. He's not going to be their absolute bell cow this week or anything like that. And I don't again. I don't think that moves the needle for anybody to say, "Look out now!" Right? Yeah, I, I, don't I think, think they're so. just as much a favorite as they were before this. Sure. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think, think they're any anything. more of a favorite. I don't think it changes anything. I, I really don't. And I'm I am excited to see, the, like, if the MVP can can win a home playoff game, which sounds so bizarre to say, but. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been able to do it. Yeah. And I I like Lamar. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, Not to take anything away from him, but I think he did benefit from kind of a down year in terms of the MVP race this year. I think you'd agree with that. But, but, you know, Baltimore is a team that has really failed to get over the hump for a couple of different iterations. Obviously, they won that Super Bowl that was like 10 years ago. Uh, I think John Harbaugh is a really, really good coach. Um, but they've had a couple of waves of good teams since then that have not not gotten over the hump of getting to the Super Bowl, but like haven't gone to the conference championship game since winning the Super Bowl. I don't think so. Uh, this will be interesting for them this weekend. I think it will. House money, man. I yeah, they have to be. They have to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, Texans aren't. You know they they don't they don't know any better. <laughs> They're like, shoot, man, we deserve to be here. Why not? Sometimes that's the best way to be. Oh, yeah. Could be interesting. All right, coming up next, your boy Q from Game Night on ESPN. He'll join us. We'll talk NFL. That's next on the Press Box. Baylor women's basketball on 104.9 FM with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman. The Baylor women back in action Saturday in Foster Pavilion hosting UCF in Big 12 play. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 2 p.m. tip-off Saturday on 104.9 FM. Tune into Baylor Women's Basketball on 104.9 FM. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Are you curious about QC Kinetics? Let me tell you what we do. 
That's Dr. Daniel Zuckerman, a medical director at QC Kinetics. We treat people who have joint pain, and we use your body's healing properties, the things that you already have in you, in your blood, to heal your knee pain, your joint pain, your shoulder pain, your back pain. You have everything that you need in you already. The same natural process that heals a cut on your finger also works inside your body. And so what we do at QC Kinetics is take those healing properties, concentrate them down from your body, and put them where they need to go. We are the experts in regenerative medicine. That's all we do. And best of all, there's no surgery, no downtime, or harmful drugs. This is the future of medicine. And your consultation is completely free. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Don't miss the premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. Over 600 tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Everything you can imagine, whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection. They have what you're looking for. Visit their website, wacogunshow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The premier gun show in Waco at the base at Extraco Event Center this weekend only. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. And welcome back to the Prescott. Press box, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're all in on something. the Dak bandwagon again here on the Prescott. You're on the press box on this Thursday, Thursday. You know what that means. Your boy Q joins us from game time on ESPN. And Q, how are we doing? Man, I mean, I think I'm doing better than you, man. You got Dak Prescott on your mind, man. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. And it's not, it's not because of a good reason. And yesterday afternoon, was there a loud groan across Cowboys fans when Jerry Jones came out and said, yep, we're bringing Mike back. 
Yeah, no, there was. And I was very uh, passionate about this last night on, on game night, man. I was very up in arms. Matter of fact, I even shouted out ESPN Central Texas and let it be known I was going to come on the show today and say the same thing that I said last night. And I think that when Jerry brought Mike McCarthy back, that's just so irresponsible. I think that was the, the worst decision that, that he could have made. You know, it's so funny. We talk about Jerry. We talk about the brash moves that he makes and how he's going to do this, that, and the other. And he's, you know, such such a maverick type guy. And then you think about it, you look back, and it's like, really? Or is it more a lot of bark and no bite? Like, what has he really actually done? I mean, if you think about it, when he fired Wade Phillips, since the firing of Wade Phillips, he's fired one coach. One coach in like the 13 years and two months, he's fired one coach since then. He's let everyone else just the contract run out. Like that's just, and that's what he's going to do with Mike McCarthy. But when you lose, like you did, and and it's it's just a style. Like if you lose and you just lose, okay, you chalk it up. It was a bad game. Okay, cool. But the way that those guys went out there and played, like they didn't give a rip about being out there. They assumed they already won the game. There was flyers already out there about the after party that they were going to have celebrating. There was, it was just, it was so irresponsible. And for no heads to roll, that is the that is the biggest. That's a joke. And that's such a disrespect to all the Cowboy fans that are faithful, all the Cowboy fans that line up before uh, the doors open up and then go screaming and hauling ass in there to, uh, you know, to get into the building. That's such a disrespect and a slap in their face to put out that piss-poor performance that they had on, uh, on over the weekend. That's just embarrassing. And then you bring back the architect of it all? Come on, man. That, that's a joke. So now I, all bets are off. I can't guarantee what the Cowboys are going to get, but I know what they're not going to get. That's a lot of support from me. Hey, Q, I, I think, unfortunately, we might already know the answer. I know nobody in recorded history has really been able to get in the mind of Jerry Jones, but why? Why are they bringing McCarthy back? Um, well, I mean, that's a million-dollar question, right? I mean, it's just he, he, he rolled out whatever statement that you, you want to, you know, if you want to believe it or not, he rolled out the statement talking about he's the wins the games, the best winning in, in regular season, you know, whatever percentages, but – Look, man, if you're the Raiders and you win 12 games for three years in a row, great. That's fantastic, right, because the Raiders don't do that. But if you're the Dallas freaking Cowboys and you got a star on the side of your helmet, the expectations isn't to, hey, let's win 12 games and let's win a, a, a division title. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. But what, what, what else is after that? You've got to go win titles. You've got to go hang a banner. You've got to bring home a Lombardi. And they're nowhere close to that. And Mike McCarthy's not getting them any closer. So we can do the whole song and dance. We can sit here and say, oh, it'll be better next year. But why? Why is it going to be better? What have they done? What has been proven? What has been shown that, sh- that makes you feel comfortable that, yeah, it's going to be different next year? Why? They're, they're still going to no-show uh, like they did. I mean, that, that wasn't like they lost to the Packers. They got whooped. And it was a complete, absolute no-show. And that's my problem. That's, that's where I'm at. Like, that's why I'm so upset about the situation i could take a loss right that's fine i don't mind if you're just a better team and you win cool tip the cap and go but they don't they didn't do that they got whooped and they looked unprepared and i'm sorry you can't fire all the players you 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 might want to but you can't fire all the players so something's got to change and it's got to be with the head coach but yet they're not going to do it hugh myers host a game night on espn with us here in the press box on espn central texas on this thirsty thursday and Q, I, I don't think this happened, but is it a possibility that Jerry Jones might have, and I say might with the capital M, might have made a couple of phone calls, just say Belichick or Jim Harbaugh yeah. or Pete Carroll, right. and they all said, yeah, 
thanks, but no thanks. And so he said, well, I guess we got to bring him back. I mean, that's a strong possibility because that was my argument last night was, look, those there's dudes out there, right? Bill Belichick, you mentioned them. Belichick, Harbaugh, Carroll, even Mike Rabel. I guarantee you right now if Mike Rabel had been the coach against the Packers, the, the Cowboys would have won that game. There's no way Mike Rabel would have lost that game. There's no way. Not with that. Not with those, uh, you know, bloodthirsty pirates that are called as defensive players for the Cowboys that took away the ball all season long. There's no way they go out there and make uh, make uh, Jordan Love look like Aaron Rodgers. There's no way. But he did. They walked into that building like he had been there, done that many times before, and that that was going to be child's play. And it ultimately ended up being. And I don't care what the score was. The score wasn't even that close. No. Right? I mean, the score was – that was deflated. That was like Derek Carr numbers. He always put up great numbers in garbage time. Right? I mean, that's what that was. That was just – that was terrible stuff right there. And it, it just – I thought that they needed to go and make a move for somebody different while they're out there, while those guys, the guys that could be that better coach, uh, all the guys that you mentioned and all the guys I mentioned, I think that they could do that. I know Jerry has more money than God. He can go ahead and bring whoever he wants in, right? I mean, I don't care if Jim Harbaugh said, no, Jerry, no thanks. Oh, really? Okay, well, what's your price? Oh, here, here's a check. You fill it out. I guarantee at some point you can be money with. Everyone's got a price. It's facts. I don't care how much you want to say you don't. Everyone's got a price, and Jerry should just have those guys fill out their price. And, Q, this is the first time we've been talking to you since that catastrophic loss for the Cowboys on Sunday. Was that the biggest shock for you on Wild Card Weekend? I I think it was for me, considering the team that they had. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I got every game right this uh, that past weekend, right? I selected every game right from the Texans to, you know, the Lions. I mean, every every game. And that was the one that I got wrong. And the whole time I'm watching it, I was just in shock and disbelief. Like, I kept looking like, what is going on here? And look, Dak didn't play great. Nobody played great. Nobody did. But again, it felt like to me, they walked in there with the expectations that they were just going to pick up their check and pick up their W and make a make a, their flight arrangements to head out to uh, Santa Clara to go play the 49ers. Like, it, it did not think – to me, it felt like they didn't think the Packers had any kind of chance. And that's, that's just unacceptable. It's the playoffs. And, oh, by the way, you're playing a quarterback that, well, he was hot the whole way down the stretch. Like, the last nine weeks of the regular season, Jordan Love was looking pretty good. So, if I'm Dan Quinn and I'm getting five different coaching – request head coach requests from different teams around the league you know what the best way to show that i should be the coach is put my unit out there and put a and have a great performance you know what the worst resume builder was for dan quinn that performance that was terrible like that's how you have your guys prepared for a playoff game let's reconsider that uh that that head coaching job that we were thinking about giving to you now we got to go back and reevaluate and wonder what the hell happened so now instead of saying hey, Dan Quinn, what's your plan for this franchise moving forward? The first question now is being asked is, hey, Dan Quinn, what happened? And I would love to be a fly on the wall to hear the answer to that. Your boy Q with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. All right, you mentioned Dan Quinn, and the opportunities have dwindled down for Dan Quinn. I mean, there's a chance they run this whole thing back, that he stays as the D.C. in Dallas, one, because somebody may not be that interested, and two, for Dan Quinn – I mean, he's got to be a little bit careful, too, doesn't he, Q? Because if he goes out and falls on his face in this second opportunity, there's not going to be a third for Dan Quinn. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, look, I think he's a better defensive coordinator anyway than a head coach. But, you know, obviously he's going to get that opportunity, it looks like. And, you know, I know that he wants to be a head coach, which is great. You know, I'm sure many different coaches and coordinators want the opportunity to be a head coach. But, 
um, you know, again, he's got to pick the right location. You know, I keep hearing Seattle, and I'm thinking, okay, if you're going to put Dan Quinn in that spot, why didn't you just keep Pete Carroll? They come from the same philosophy. They have the same ideas. Why would you, you know, why are you changing guys to, to go back to the same thing? So that didn't make a lot of sense to me. There's other openings that he can, you know, like Tennessee, but okay, he's very Mike Rabel-like as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's like there's things that I've, I've heard in, in, in places that I feel like are interested in them. You know, the Chargers, well, good luck. You know, Chargers have all kind of weird things that happen. Now, I know he has a really good uh, quarterback if he were to go to L.A. with Justin Herbert, but he hasn't won anything yet. So, and I know he's really good, but he just hasn't got it done. You know, so I'm not convinced that there's really a great spot for him. I think there's some good landing spots, but I don't know if there's great landing spots for him. So I think if if you're Dan Quinn, you might want to just go ahead and, and shelve it. Unless this is the only thing that I would say about shelving a, a head coaching position. If you don't think that you could run it back and, and have the same kind of uh, output that you did this season. Like if you think that that's as good as the defense is going to get, it ain't going to be no better. Matter of fact, it may take a step back for one reason or the other then maybe you say, yeah, let's go ahead and take my chances. But if not, the best bet might be go ahead and, and stick with Dallas, especially since they're desperate. Everyone is desperate now. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, McCarthy, he's in his last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. I don't see an extension coming anytime soon. So I'm assuming that Jerry's just going to let him, you know, run that out instead of firing him, just going to let the contract right, run out. And then, well, we just didn't extend him. We didn't renew him. So instead of – it's almost like that boss that, that you've had, and I think we've all had this kind of boss before – that is a nice guy, but he's the owner, and he doesn't want to fire anybody, but he also doesn't want that person there, right? So it's like, well, how right. do I get rid of this guy without getting rid of this guy? It's almost like, well, maybe he'll just either quit or maybe you know, maybe his contract will run out and then we'll just not renew him. That's what Jerry does. Like He talks a big game, but he's not, he's not really that guy. Oh, Q, you're bringing back some memories. I have people working ahead of me who, uh, who had to let their contracts run out. But looking at the Cowboys and, and going into next year, and you kind of touched on it a little bit there, and – Look, it's a roster that's used to winning, at least in the regular season. Like, we can't fake that. I mean, it's 12 wins in the last three seasons. These guys yeah. have a lot of talent. They, they've won a lot in the regular season. And there's always turmoil surrounding the Cowboys in the offseason. This year, probably a little bit more than normal. So for Cowboys fans, should they be expecting another 12-win season with this roster next year? Or could you see the wheels falling off this thing a little prematurely? No, I think that they'll still be successful in the regular season. Why not, right? I mean, Dak's a good quarterback. Dak was in the conversation for MVP for a little while. Uh, the defense, again, is, is solid. I mean, we'll see if Quinn comes back or not. If he gets a head coaching job, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, but there's guys that are going to be returning from injury. I think this team is solid. I think they have a really good roster, and that's why I'm so fired up about them not moving on from McCarthy because while you have a roster full of dudes that can get it done, why don't you have a guy that can push the right buttons? Like, if you had a roster that was piss poor, I wouldn't even say anything. I wouldn't even complain. I'd just be like, well, you know what? They ain't really working with much. But you don't have that roster. Do you need to upgrade the running back position? Sure. Do you need to upgrade the run defense? Sure. But outside of that, what, what else do you need? you got an alpha in C.D. Lamb. Your tight end is looking really stinking good, <laughs> right? I mean, and you've got bloodthirsty pirates, like I mentioned, on the corners that like to go get the ball. What else do you need? you got thumpers. you got guys that can go get after the quarterback. Like, let me ask you this question, just for S's and giggles. Where was Micah Parsons against the Packers? Where yeah, good Micah question. Parsons? The milk carton. In coverage a couple places. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, where, where were these guys, right? Where were all these dudes that talk all the big game and, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that? I heard all the talking. I heard Micah Parsons saying he was going to be fantastic, right? And he was everything but that. And that goes for all of them. So, to me, it's like, 
again, they were at the country club. They were at they were out partying, thinking, "Hey, man, this is an easy dub. We got this. We're the Dallas Cowboys. We've been listening to everyone say we're going to put up 40 points at home, and we beat everybody by 20 plus points, and we can't lose at home." They actually listened to us say that. Where those were facts, but they're not facts in the playoffs. Like you've got to show up, and they were an absolute no show, and nobody's responsible for that. Like nobody. Come on, man. Apparently not. Hugh, when you look at what the Cowboys are going to do in the offseason. I mean, they're going to, for all intents and purposes, paint themselves in a deeper, smaller corner because Dak's got to be redone, and he's probably going to get paid a lot more than he should. CeeDee Lamb's got to be redone. Micah Parsons got to be redone. I mean, there's three guys right there that you're going to pigeonhole yourself in that you can't get out of, and now it's going to be even more difficult to get this thing on the other side in playoff football. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's funny, I was on the show last night on game night, we were talking to Todd Archer, and he was basically breaking that down. It's like, man, look, Dak's, you know, uh, uh, cap hit next year is $59 million, <laughs> right? So, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, you can't – they also can't franchise them, no. right? It's in their contract. He can't franchise them. So, you know, are you going to give them a big money contract? If, if you don't, guess what? Somebody will. So you're kind of in a bad position there. We all know how long it takes to find a quarterback, first of all, right? Kind of got lucky when it came to Dak, right? Didn't even get the guy that the, that the Cowboys wanted to, just happened to end up being a good quarterback, and it worked out really well. But now you've kind of hit a, a crossroad. Like it, feels like, it feels like you're at the 50-yard line, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know what direction you're supposed to be going. <laughs> think, I mean, think about it. It's like you're, you're right there in midfield, but you don't know if you're going, you know, to the left or you're supposed to be going to the right. So are you ahead or are you behind? You're not. You're right in the middle, which is the worst place to be in the NFL, right? I mean, even if you think about it, think about the draft. Like, you don't want to be, you, you don't want to be a team that's good enough to win enough games to miss the playoffs. You know what I mean? And then you end up at, like, what, the, the 15th, 16th pick overall in the draft where you're not, you're not far enough up. You, didn't, you weren't bad enough to go get the player that you want and you're not good enough to be in the playoffs to make a run. You're square in the middle, which I'm here in Vegas. That's where the Raiders are. They're picking 13th. They won eight games. You know what eight games get you? Nothing. Nothing. Eight, nothing. It's not even a 500 record or above 500 because there's 17 games, but it gives your, your, your fan base hope for you know eight times out. Okay, that's great. Now what are you going to do? You need a quarterback. Well, can't get one at 13, so what are you going to do? Well, got to trade up and give up the farm to go get one. Okay, well, that's purgatory. Now what are you going to do with the rest of your roster? I don't know, <laughs> right? So it's just it's, it's, you don't want to be there. And when I look at the Cowboys, when I look at the roster, when I look at the coach, I look at the 50-yard line. The problem is I don't know what direction they're going, mm-hmm. and neither do they. Hey, Q, looking at some of the other coaching situations around the league, we, we just heard today that Pittsburgh is going to keep Mike Tomlin there. No huge surprise there, but – when I think about his career, it's it's very similar to Mike McCarthy's. So looking at that, do you, do you think that's a good move for the Steelers, who just snuck into the playoffs this year? They're almost in that kind of purgatory range. They don't really know what they've got at quarterback. Do you think it's a good move for them to stick with Mike Tomlin instead of maybe trying this thing and starting it over? I think that it's uh, – I think it was a bad move, not on the Steelers' part. I think it was a bad move on Tomlin's part. I think that Tomlin has – has really done a lot of good there in Pittsburgh, and he's done a really good job of disguising the issues, right? Like, for the longest, nobody knew that Antonio Brown was Antonio Brown that we know, 
Nobody knew that Le'Veon Bell was the situation that Le'Veon Bell was. A lot of things stayed under wraps until Mike Tomlin was ready to let it go. Then it was like, okay, this guy's going to get out of here. Oh, wow, this dude really does have some issues, or this is a problem, or, oh, I didn't know that was going on in the locker room. Like, he's done such a good job of keeping everything under wraps. You always thought that everything was, you know, status quo and business as usual in Pittsburgh until we found out later that it wasn't. Now, I fast forward to this season, and you see guys that aren't blocking, and they're talking about, well, I don't want to get rolled up on. You see guys that aren't falling on a ball that's on the ground that was a fumble, the, the natural reaction. I mean, hell, Ward could stand on the sideline, and the ball could drop, and Ward's like, ball, ball, and he's ready to jump on it. I've seen it, There yeah. are players on the field. There was players on the field that the ball was on the ground sitting next to him, and they stood around and made a business decision that didn't try to, try to jump on it. Like, that's embarrassing. There's guys that are, are, are not giving effort out there. It's not the Steelers team that you're used to seeing. It's not my dad's Steelers. Let's put it like that. And so I feel like the message from Mike Tomlin has fallen on deaf ears. The message is not being heard. These players that he has in his locker room are not the guys that he's really used to being able to coach up. So I thought the best idea for him was to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and step aside. Because what the problem is Pittsburgh doesn't know what they have. They don't realize how good they have it. Steeler fans don't know how good they have it at Tomlin. I think he's a hell of a leader and a hell of a coach, but they've got a lot of problems. They don't have a quarterback, as you mentioned. They, you know, Their defense has leaders, but their offense has no leadership. So they don't have that self-policing like they used to when they were you know, a veteran-laden team. So all that's falling on deaf ears. I thought the best thing for Tomlin was to kind of walk away, take a year, you know, get, gather his thoughts. He has got one year left on his contract, but – I didn't think that he needed to at least make the decision to come back as quickly as he did because now they know he's coming back. Instead, at least put the fear of, hey, man, this guy might be gone, and maybe we do need to step our game up. Maybe we do need to put some effort out there. Like, effort has never been something I thought I'd ever question from the Steelers, and I watched Steelers play all season long, and I questioned a lot of their effort. That's a problem. Q Myers with us here on ESPN Central Texas inside the press box. You'll hear him on game night on ESPN each and every Monday through Friday. You know him as your boy Q. Q, divisional round coming up this weekend. Houston and Baltimore to get it kicked off. Baltimore makes a change, get Cook in as running back, send Gordon to the house. I don't know that that changes anything at the running back position other than maybe he's a little fresher. I don't know. But Houston has got to be as loose as any football team can be going into this game because they really have nothing to lose and weren't expected to be here. Exactly. I love the story that's going on in Houston. They are the exact opposite of the Cowboys, right? I mean, I've got, I got folks out there, as you know, that text me and they're texting me after the Cowboy game. It's like, well, at least we still got the Texans, right? I mean, and I never thought I'd hear anything like that, but the Texans <laughs> are playing some really good ball. This is the first time in NFL history. Hear me now. First time in NFL history that a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback won their division. So not only did they win their division as guys that are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and don't know any better, then they hosted a playoff game and beat the brakes off the team with the number one defense in the league. And now they've got to face the number one team in the AFC and the Baltimore Ravens that, oh, by the way, their stars haven't played for like 19 days. Look, I'll tell you this. I'm more than likely Baltimore wins this game, but nothing that the Texans do surprised me right now. Nothing. C.J. Stroud is the guy that they lucked into. They didn't want him. They wanted Bryce Young. They were mad at Lovey Smith for, getting the, for winning that last game. 
So they ended up with the number two overall pick instead of the number one. They were going to take Bryce Young. Ward, you say it all the time. Pop says it all the time. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Mm -hmm. The Texans lucked into C.J. Stroud. They lucked into the best quarterback in the past draft. They have a leader. The city of Houston now has a, a, a quarterback that they can look at and be proud of instead of the situation that was now in Cleveland. They, I mean, they should be fired up, and I know the attendance isn't where it should be right now at NRG Stadium with Texans fans, but, man, nothing they do surprises me. So they're, they're kind of like my team that I'm pulling for. I want to see them go all the way. I want them to be here. I want them to end up here on February 11th, where I'm sitting at right now. Well, not in my office, but <laughs> I want them to be here at Allegiant Stadium playing in the Super Bowl because why the hell not? What a good story that is, right? And I, I want it to be more than a story. I love what they're doing. And by the way, they have maybe a handful of names that you've heard of, and that's it. The rest of the team is just dudes that are doing their job. How can you not respect that? And, Q, looking at the other side of things, there is some pressure on this Ravens team. They're the number one seed again. Yep. Lamar's about to win his second MVP, and deservedly so. But a 1-3 playoff record. He just signed that huge deal over in the offseason, and he's already gone one and done with a one seed before. Is this early in his career, sure, but kind of a legacy game for Lamar Jackson to get over this hump and get to the conference championship game? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, the, the one knock that he has, right, is he's been a league MVP. He's going to be a league MVP again, but the one knock that people say is, well, what has he done in the playoffs? Well, he lost, right? As a, as the one seed, they lost. They lost to the Tennessee Titans. They should have never lost that game, but they did. And you know what happened? They took time off. They didn't want to get their guys hurt, which I get. I don't knock that, but at the same time, it's, a, it's like a gift and a curse, right? I mean, now they've been off for so long, and the way that the Texans are playing hot, what if the Texans go and put 14 or 21 points up on the board real quick before the Ravens, like, you know, get the out of their eyes, right? Wipe the eye boogers out their eyes. I mean, that, that's a possibility that can happen the way that C.J. Stroud is playing. And, oh, by the way, the Texans' defense is playing really well, too. So, again, I don't think that that's going to happen like that, but there's a possibility. So there's a ton of pressure on this guy, right? And there's been a pressure on him since he came into the league. I remember being at Jerry's World when he got drafted. I remember being there the day before, standing out there talking to him and him saying, I don't care what anyone says. I'm a quarterback. I'm going to be an MVP and I'm going to be a Super Bowl champ. Okay, well, he's a quarterback. He's an MVP. He's going to be an MVP now twice. Can he put the, the final, the final, like, you know, the, 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 the final trophy in the case? He needs to be a Super Bowl champ. He needs to get to the big game. He, he needs to do that for him, for everyone that doubted him. And, oh, by the way, for a league that is so desperate for great quarterback play, not one swing and D, not one team called him when he was out there and available. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. All he did is go and, you know, win the MVP for the second time. So now you got to do, you know, just like we were talking about Jerry and, and the Cowboys and how they had great regular season success. Now you got to show you that you could have more of the regular season success. You're Lamar Jackson. You got to go win out, to win this game. You got to go to the championship game, and I think you got to punch your ticket to the Super Bowl. And the Saturday night game, San Francisco hosting Green Bay, and as good as the Cowboys made Jordan Love look on that game at AT and T Stadium, San Francisco certainly has the upper hand, even on Green Bay. I, maybe they're so young they don't know any better, but I think the rosters you just look at them and compare them, and you go. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit different for Green Bay going into this one. Absolutely. San Francisco is going to be prepared. Kyle Shanahan said he started preparing for the Packers in week in uh, quarter two. 
<laughs> right? And no later than halftime, he started preparing for the Packers because he knew that it was game, set, match with the Cowboys, which is also embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But that's another side of the conversation. Yeah, they're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. They've got dudes everywhere on that defense. I mean, that is just a nasty defense. And, and Jordan Love is playing some really good ball, and I like that. I'm excited by seeing what he can do. But I just don't think they have the, the horses in the stable to get it done as a as a team. The whole team, I don't think that they're able to go ahead and make it happen like you know, like they need to go into Santa Clara. It's not San Francisco. It's Santa Clara. Uh, Great America. A little Six Flags action is right outside the stadium. So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that they have the. I don't think that they have the, the horses in the stable to go there uh, against that team and, and, and pick up a W. But I do believe it's going to be a fun little battle. Uh, it kind of has that old that old school feel to it. You know, Packers and, and Niners. How many times have we seen that game? It's just that the players are different now. You got Love versus Purdy instead of like you know uh, uh, Favre versus Montana or whatever the case may be, right? Rogers versus Young or whoever these guys are. It's just it's a little bit different. But uh, you know, Packers and 49ers are still going to be fun to pay attention to. And then, Q, the next day, I think we got the the heavyweight matchup, the Bills and the Chiefs, and it's the first time Pat Mahomes actually goes on the road for a playoff game. Any pause for concern for his first road playoff game, or is this just going to be same old Mahomes? Well, I I don't I don't ever hold uh, anything against Pat, man. Pat is the dude, <laughs> right? I mean, he is that guy. There's no doubt about it. It will be different, obviously. Uh, it's been different this season, and that's the cool thing about this matchup. I mean, think about it. If you had told me or if I had told you like midway through the season that these two guys were, or two teams were going to be battling it out in Buffalo for an opportunity to go to the AFC Championship game, you probably would have called me a liar. Right? Because <laughs> there was a point of the season, right? There's a point of the season where the Chiefs, their offense wasn't good. They were struggling, right? It's like, wait, hold on. What's going on with these guys? They're finding ways to win games, but it doesn't look very good. And then you're looking at the Buffalo Bills, and I thought there was a point where their head coach was about to get fired in the season. I didn't think he was going to make it to the end of the season because they were struggling so bad. They started talking about press conferences that he had in, like, 2019. I mean, they're, you know, they're digging up dirt. They're looking for the paper trail. They're like, yeah, let's get this guy out the club. Now, all of a sudden, they come back. They win all the games that they had to win down the stretch. They win the AFC East, right? And, and then now, all of a sudden, they're hosting Pat Mahomes and, and, the, and the Chiefs, like, Man, this is this is great. I, I love this this battle between these two quarterbacks, these two teams. Uh, the weather's going to be ugly, and guess what? Neither one of these teams care about ugly weather, so there won't be any excuses. It won't be like Miami, where you know they knew that they didn't need to leave the the Miami city limits. Like there is no way they should have got up out of there. They're like, man, I'll just go ahead and chalk this up for a loss, right? Because we know <laughs> that we can't we can't handle this kind of weather. So you know, there's not going to be any excuse like that in this game because Kansas City's they're good. I mean, they were they were just there in the terrible weather in Arrowhead, so they'll be fine. It's going to be a battle, man. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, but when you get these two quarterbacks together, man, come on now. This is this is something to pay attention to, and it's funny. Nobody's really given Kansas City a whole lot of, you know, conversation. It's kind of nope. like everyone's talking about the Texans. Everyone's talking about the Lions. Everyone's talking about the Bills, and they're on fire, and the Ravens, what are they going to do? Like, there's a lot of conversations going on right now around the league. Not a lot of folks are talking about the Chiefs right now. You know what? I think Kansas City is okay with that. Cute. A couple of the feel-good stories in the NFL, in my opinion, this year has to be at the 2 o'clock kickoff with Tampa Bay and Detroit. For Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield goes to Los Angeles last year, and I think that's where he resurrected his career and changed the, the outlook and got a little bit of his moxie back. He goes into Tampa Bay, and he's played pretty good, and he's had a little bit of that chip on his shoulder, a little bit of that moxie all season long, and I think it's made a difference in Tampa Bay. We all know the story for the Detroit Lions. 
what they've been able to do that is unprecedented in Detroit with Campbell as the head coach. You and I were late to the party. I'm at the party now. But, man, this is going to be a great matchup between these two, and there's two really good feel-good stories here. There is. You know, Baker really, he earned himself some money. I believe he's going to probably get, you know, a two- or three-year deal in the offseason, probably make him at least about 40 you know, $40 million, maybe $20, 25000000 million guaranteed. Not bad for a guy that was on his last lifeline, right? A guy that was, you know, left out for, for dead, basically. Uh, so he resurrected things, and he went in there, bet on himself in Tampa Bay, and, and, you know, he won that starting job, and here they are. And that's who Baker Mayfield is. He's the guy that can go in there with the confidence. We've seen it. We saw it at Tech. We saw it at Oklahoma. We've seen it when he was in Cleveland and got them to the playoffs. Like, he's got it in him. The problem is when he starts getting a little bit – he starts feeling himself a little bit, starts doing commercials and thinks that his, his stuff don't sink, then that's when he starts stinking up the joint. That's when the big problem kicks in. But, man, he, he was humbled, right? He gets kicked out the club in Cleveland. They go to Carolina. He gets booted out of Carolina. He goes to the Rams. He has a little bit of success there. And then it's like, all right, now what? Well, you better go to Tampa Bay. They need a quarterback. All right, I'll go there. And he wasn't even given the, the starting position. He had to go earn that. So I think that they got the best version of Baker Mayfield that they're going to get. Problem is, on the other side, you want to talk about bloodthirsty pirates. How about those Detroit Lions, right? Biting off kneecaps. Dan Campbell, <laughs> don't give a damn about this, that, and the other. I mean, like, and I laughed at all that stuff when I heard it. I was like, oh, that's great. That sounds good. Yay, okay. Bite kneecaps. Hey, that's fun. Look, man. This dude is as Detroit as it gets, right? I mean, hell, he's got Eminem saying, damn, man, you are all the way Detroit, right? He's got the, he's got the Fab Five saying, man, that dude is Detroit, right? <laughs> you know, he's, he's got cats saying, man, like, that guy, he's the real deal. And how about Jared Goff? Jared Goff was kicked out of, of L.A., like, thrown into the, the trade for Matt Stafford. Just, I would just throw him in there. He can go die in, in Detroit because everything goes to die in Detroit, right? No, he resurrects his, his career. He's as blue-collar as it gets there. He fits in perfect with those dudes. And now they're going to host this game, and they're going to have that fired-up, lathered-up crowd that hasn't seen anything meaningful in, in Detroit since, well, last week. I mean, they had that. But still, before that, it was always just a Thanksgiving game. And it wasn't even like a win. It was just like, hey, well, we got the Thanksgiving game, so that's cool. That's all they've ever had. Now they've got this opportunity to literally – I mean, think about this. They've got an opportunity to go to the NFC championship game with the win over Tampa Bay. Like, are you serious? The Detroit Lions have an opportunity to go to the championship game with a win? Come on, man. Now, who, who would have thought that? But here we are. They've made some great personnel moves. Their, their quarterback's playing really well. Their coach believes in them. They've got some running backs that are getting it done. They've got defense that makes plays when they need to. Like, it's, it's, a, hell of a, it's, it's a hell of a story, like you said. I mean, it's it, I don't even know how to describe it except for, okay, here we are. So there's so many storylines that are going on in the league right now that I'm fired up about just because this is what you sign up for. This is what it's all about is, is seeing these, these situations. And so, yeah, man, this weekend, man, get your popcorn ready like T.O. said back in the day because it's going to be a party. Hey, Q, we have almost hit just about every storyline in the NFL this week, but one we talked about a little bit last week and now it's got some it's it's changed a little bit. Bill Belichick going for his second interview with the Falcons this weekend. Do you see that as a fit? I don't. I really don't. I don't know. And look, I'm a guy I love Atlanta. You know, I, I do. I, I love Atlanta for multiple reasons. But man, I just I don't see Bill Belichick as a fit in L, in Atlanta. But that's okay, right? If if they feel like 
that's the guy that they want. He's going for his second interview. It's he ain't going for a second interview just to exchange what his resume looks like. Everyone knows what it looks like. So clearly they obviously have identified a guy that they firmly believe in. So, I mean, I'm here for it. I don't think that it's a great location for him. I don't think it's a great fit, but okay, I'll sign up for it. You got me. I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I'll pay attention. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what it looks like at the end of the day. But, you know, it, it sounds like that's where he's going to end up. And, you know, the, the first sign that I really felt like, okay, this is really happening was the fact that their defensive coordinator, they had, he had been requested to interview for other defensive coordinator positions, and Atlanta blocked him. And then all of a sudden, Atlanta was like, all right, you're not blocked anymore. And I was like, whoa, okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Something else is going on if all of a sudden now they have, they've unblocked him. Now he can go interview with whoever he wants to. That let me know that it was getting serious. And then all of a sudden, the reports come out about Belichick going in for a second interview. So, all right. So, I, I'm, like I said, you got me. You know, I, I read I read the, the, the trailer. I, I watched the trailer. I read the, the little recap. I'll check it out. We'll see how it shakes out. But it sounds like Belichick's going to be a Falcon sooner rather than later. Your boy Q hosts a game night with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Q, what are you working on for game night? Oh, man, you know, you always hit me on days when we don't have a show. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you know what's going on, man. So, yeah, we don't have a show tonight because of basketball. I don't know what we're doing with this. They, they just – Man, I, I don't have any idea. <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> I am. You know what's even what's even funnier about that situation? We have a, a, a show meeting every single morning at, at like eight o'clock Pacific time. We have a show meeting just to kind of get the ideas start to going and everything. What we're going to be looking out for throughout the course of the day. Well, I know we don't have a show. Like I know that. Why was I still on the Zoom call this morning? Like, all right, let me get on the Zoom call at this time just to do it. And there was nobody on there but me. And I sat there and waited and waited and waited. And I was like, I was on there, no joke, about 15 minutes. And I texted everyone. I was like, hey, man, is anyone going to come on the, the call? And they're like, no, we don't have a show tonight. And I was like, you guys don't want to just talk for a few minutes? <laughs> so that's where I'm at, man. That's, that's why you I'm got at. us, Going Q. To- We'll talk to you. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's all right. I represented for you guys last night. I told him I was coming on, and I was like, I'm representing for ESPN Central Texas. You can't take that from me. So I'm good. <laughs> Q Myers with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Q, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy all the football, and we'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's see what happens next, right? It should be a fun ride. I appreciate you as always. There he goes. Your boy Q uh, host a game night. And, see, I know that I always make him angry. <laughs> You're just trying to set him off now, Ward. <laughs> Poor guy. He's waking up uh, at 8 a.m. knowing he doesn't have a show, uh, late night show. Mm. I know. <laughs> I'm so bad. It's a long day. <laughs> All right. So we know what the halftime show is going to be at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now they've an- announced the pregame show. And singing the national anthem will be. Someone said Reba he's never heard of. Oh. McIntyre. That probably checks out. Good. All right. I'm a Reba fan. Yeah. How about that? Don't let me down, Reba. And then with the America the Beautiful. Great song. Will be performed by Post Malone. Whoa. Finally, we're getting the Cowboys in the Super Bowl here, huh? <laughs> That's all it takes. He thinks he wears cowboy jersey? I bet he does. I, no. Actually, I bet he has some ridiculous Cowboys outfit. Like a suit with star or whatever, he's he's got a fit planned. I'm sure. I, I don't think Postman's ever worn a suit, but you know what I mean. I hope he does. <laughs> I hope great. he does. It'd be great. It's a great song. That should be the national anthem, by the way. And then Andrea Day will perform "Lift Every Voice and Sing" during the pregame. So 
Not a bad little pregame. Good lineup. That's ah, a good lineup. Like you know what I thought was, a, was a, a, a good point by Q that I hadn't really thought of? Why does Belichick need a second interview? Yeah, that's a great point. You either know or you don't, man. <laughs> like, you know, he's not he's not the Detroit OC who's never been a head coach. He's right. Bill Belichick. He's Bill Belichick. You either want to give him the reins or you don't. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's a good point. I never thought about that. I, I didn't think about it either. I, I mean, I mean, there, and that's the case for a lot of NFL head coaches, I think. You know, would you have a second one for Mike Vrabel? Second one for Jim Harbaugh? No, you just identify, you know, what you're looking at at quarterback and – if Arthur Blank likes it, okay, let's go. Here's your yeah. check. How could you be that unsure? <laughs> Beats me, man. I don't know. Belich- and maybe therein lies the problem. Maybe Belichick's insulted by a second interview. It sounds like he's going to it, but second interview? For what? Yeah, what anyway. are we doing here? All right. Coming up next, J-Mo, and followed by the Matt Mosley Show. Don't forget the Baylor Coaches Show coming up tonight right here on ESPN Central Texas, live from Rudy's on the uh, circle, so tune in for that tonight. We will be live at the Baylor Club tomorrow to start a full day of broadcast at the Baylor Club. Cam and I will be there and bring you all the information about the Baylor Club coming up tomorrow. That's going to do it for us, though, here on this Thursday Thursday. For Cam and Aaron, I'm Ward Weitz. Until next time, so long, everybody. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Raise your hand if you're a Secretariat fan. At UBO Business Services Secretariat,